Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome to our November show on Dr. Connie's House Calls. Hey, happy November! This is a great show lined up. We've got a special guest in studio, and it's all about being thankful. Isn't it about time? Yep, it's about being thankful. Happy November. This is one of my favorite months because, first of all, living in Arizona, we have the cooler, nice weather. It's sunny, but it's cooler. We have the change of seasons. Most of the country uh, is having that, although we are having that monotonous, beautiful sunshine in Arizona. But up north, we've got some fall colors. And also the part I like about this month is it leads into the happy holidays that we're promoting. They're Thanksgiving, my Jewish friends are celebrating Hanukkah, and for me it's Christmas, it's one of my favorite times of year, and then New Year's, and we start off a new year. So I always like to begin with my honorable mentions. So for the month of November, here are some birthdays for my listeners. Anne Lucibello, Kathy Hanrahan, Bruce Ostrander, Ron Burns, who just had a birthday, Tom Skeglione, Dave Pepper, Margie Jones, who is the grandmother of my sons, Grammy, happy birthday, Judy McGuire, Dr. Jeff Zieg, Carol Sturman, my sister-in-law, Janet Hill, uh, my beloved John's sister, Janet, who lives in Port Moody, Canada, happy birthday, dear sister Jan, Max Hank, who is the son of my friends Christy and Steve Hank, Mark Brinkmeyer, Margaret and Bob Houston, married lovely couple who share a birthday in the month of November. Sarah LaBelle, my dear friend Georgia Bunn, who is having a birthday November 15th, my friend Georgia. Sally Gardner, Ann Smock, Greg Wiley, Clue Lewis, Frank Brown. One of my oldest friends, Vicki Valdez in California. Happy birthday, dear Vicki. And not to be taken as last but not least, my youngest granddaughter, Aubrey Stevens, will turn three in uh, the month of actually December. Yep, so I'm a little ahead on Aubrey there. So happy birthday to all our friends there. Anniversaries in November, Alan and Paula Sears are having a wedding anniversary. Alan has been on my show in the past to talk about leadership and President Eisenhower and his and Alan's book. Maureen and David Francisco Van Maren, actually last name's Van Maren, They've been on my show at least twice talking about relationships and marriage. They're celebrating an anniversary. Another anniversary is my private practice. Center for Executive Medicine celebrates 16 years on November 11th, which is Veterans Day. And happy birthday to my practice. God bless all my patients out there and their families. And thanks for the honor of being your physician and your friend all these years. And to Dr. Patty Pepper, who works with me in my practice to take care of my patients, to Scott Gordon, to Rachel Leonard, to all our uh, contracted help, to my son, uh, Andrew Stevens, who is on board as a, a, a director with my practice. We're very blessed. Veterans Day this month of November 11th, we salute our fellow veterans. We honor the veterans of the Armed Forces, Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard. I reflect and think of all the sacrifice they have had in service to our great country. There are very few occupations out there that you would sign up knowing that you potentially could die for your country, die for your job. We know that law enforcement uh, has that pledge that they are willing to do their job and put themselves in the line of fire. We know firefighters are in that and actually healthcare workers where you're in the line of fire in the sense of you're in the face of disease and illness and you're, you're just at risk. So uh, there are people who run out of a burning building. These are the people who run into the burning building to help those. So God bless you all. November, I love also because of Thanksgiving. We think of food and football and getting together with the family, especially after surviving COVID uh, last year where people couldn't get together. Thanksgiving Day, as we know, is a national holiday in the United States and Canada. It celebrates the harvest and the blessings of the past year. Americans generally believe that their Thanksgiving is modeled uh, as based on the 1621 harvest feast shared by the English colonists, the Pilgrims of Plymouth, and the uh, Native American Indians who lived here to celebrate after a very rough winter. 
We celebrate the harvest and blessings at the end of a tough year, and it's even more relevant now than ever, having survived the year of the pandemic, the year of political unrest, the socioeconomic threats and dangers, and just the way that people have acted towards each other in a very divisive, mean time. And it's a time to say, hey, pause, chill out, reflect. You're still here. You're still alive. God bless you. You weren't among the 5 million people who didn't die of COVID. And if you did get COVID, you survived. The 99.7% of you who've survived are still alive. Be grateful. And so we take this time in this show to reflect on not only the tough times, the past tough year, but to be grateful and to reflect. And gratitude is a good thing. Gratitude is a gift. Why is it so important? Well, as a physician, there are a lot of health benefits for expressing gratitude. And some of them might surprise you. A lot of scholars, spiritual leaders, scientists throughout history have deliberated on the topic of gratitude. Scientifically validated studies have shown that gratitude uh, is a plus in terms of your ability to be resilient. There are researchers like Robert Emmons and Martin Seligman, who are psychologists, who study the virtue of gratitude and of just how important it is to say thank you and to mean it. Numerous studies have shown that gratitude journaling, writing a journal about those things of which we're grateful, generates happiness. They also show blood studies in which people who are grateful have lower levels of inflammatory markers in their bloodstream. And we know that inflammation kills. It increases your risk for heart disease, joint disease, uh, early uh, dementia. All of those things make life difficult. So it's really for your benefit to express gratitude. It reduces stress. It increases optimism, even in tough times, about being positive, not negative, and also enhances changes to your brain that can prolong your ability to maintain good mentation. So there are a lot of things. And for the individual, here are some of the things that out of an article in 2018, they outlined the benefits, the benefits of gratitude. Their increased happiness and positive mood are important, more satisfaction with life, you're less materialistic because money can't buy you joy. It can't. Uh, think, those are things you can't take them with you when you die. You're less likely to experience burnout if you're positive. You're be better physical health. You have better endorphins floating around. Your sleep is better. You're less tired. Uh, greater resiliency. And it also allows you to develop better your ability to be patient with other human be beings, to be humble, and to gain wisdom about life. For groups in general, being grateful allows us to promote good behaviors towards each other when you say thank you to each, each other. It strengthens relationships. Everybody wants to be around people who are grateful and positive. For employees who are working, who are grateful, they're grateful they have a job, For first of all. They're grateful for their coworkers. They're grateful for the ability to work home, which many people do. It makes them more effective, more productive. So I'm grateful to have in studio today someone whom I've known all his life, my oldest son, Andrew Stevens, he's in here in studio. Uh, his wife, Erin Stevens, have helped to co-produce my show for several years now. They prepare the e-card that goes out on my email blast. They are uh, wonderful wordsmiths uh, in helping me discuss things in general and uh, how I can get the message across to listeners and to promote all those things involved. So. They bring me great joy in production with that. For them, I am grateful to Andrew and Aaron. I was thinking the other day when I was writing this script, you know, Andrew Stevens, Andrew Mariano Stevens, what is his bio? Well, heck, I should know that. He was born in Oxnard, California at St. John's Hospital. I was there. I was there. Uh, I was stationed active duty at Port Wainimi. His early childhood was in San Diego, California. Probably his earliest memories were there. He left San Diego when I was stationed to the White House. Andrew was, let's see, five, around five years old. And we lived in Alexandria, Virginia for nine years. He attended Montessori school uh, for about eight years, I think. Montessori uh, was a Taekwondo uh, student and then went to uh, Christian Academy, uh, a Christian Academy there. We moved to Arizona when I retired from the Navy, and he began high school at Scottsdale Christian Academy here in Alex in, in um, Scottsdale, Arizona, or in Phoenix, Arizona. 
He uh, graduated with honors, went to ASU, graduated with honors there, and after graduation uh, from ASU as a business communications major, uh, he worked for my practice for several years and then decided to go into healthcare. He got his MBA at ASU, graduated magna cum laude with, with honors, of which I'm very proud, at uh, W.P. Carey School of Business, worked for a multi-specialty surgical group, worked for McKesson Big Industry, and recently joined me as my director of practice management. But then you look at all of his achievements, uh, wonderful as he is and successful, the ones that survive, the things that people talk about are the fact that he's a good Christian, he's a good human being, he's a wonderful son, he's a great husband, and he's an outstanding father, and those are and of which we are so proud. Uh, in addition, he has, at a young age, been in the Oval Office, has met uh, a sitting president of the United States, has gone to Camp David twice, has gone to Camp David twice, has uh, participated in the White House Easter egg roll. So it goes on. So he could write a book about life as the son of the White House doctor. But I want to welcome you, Andrew, today to our show. Hey, Dr. Connie. Thank you so much for having me. It's neat to uh, hear my life kind of flash from <laughs> my eyes like that <laughs> going through it. That, that was wonderful, though. Thank you. Well, it's, it's always fun when you look back at your, your, your quote, your children, and somebody asked, what is it like working with your son? I said, well, when I look across the boardroom table, I don't say, well, there's my little boy. I mean, I used to change his diapers when I could go there. But it's just like, who is that fine young man? He must have had good upbringing with his parents. His parents should be very proud. So, yeah. Well, I, I like to think you kind of you know where the, my values come from. You yeah. know, you've a big part of instilling those in me, and then into into your grandkids as Lola um, to them, and 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 helping be a part of that. So it's nice, actually. I think because also you're so close to us, you get to see me more often than just you know holidays once in a while kind of thing. Yeah. You can see me, you know, almost weekly, right? We could we hang we do things with the family, and then also with that, obviously, now that we work together again um, the second time around, you know kind of what I'm made of. And so I think that's a neat part of it. I think one of the things is as you're working for that other company and you're ready to transition to a next job, my friend said, well, how did that work? I said, well, when Andrew said he was ready to move on to do something different in the business world and asked about coming back to my practice, my first question was, well, can you send me your resume? (laughs) Because, you know, uh, I want to see, yeah, if this is a, a good thing for you, and it, obviously a good thing for the practice. And it, it is tough. I, I have pra- patients who have family-run businesses, and you want to separate and compartmentalize the mom part from the CEO part versus the employee. You want to say, I am your boss, or you know, we work together. You know, we're with me, but I'm not your mom. I'm not coming here as a mom, and that and that's the thing that's important. And that you have to separate and then be respectful of those positions that, you, which hat are you wearing? I'm wearing the mom hat versus the, the, the boss hat at work. And then that's why it's, it's a challenge. And it takes certain people who are willing to not cross that line and use you know, the family thing, but really look at what works as an employee and the betterment of the company and the business. So it's great. And those things. The other thing I share when I, I think of you and your brother, Jason, is of all the achievements that we look at at life, and I as a doctor looking at my patients who live long lives and they're on their deathbeds, the most important achievement we look at is what kind of children do you raise? You know, what kind of lives do you bring into this life that you leave behind? That's really your legacy. What is your legacy? What will what people, what would your children say about you as a parent? What mm-hmm. values did you instill on them? And your grandchildren as they carry on. You know, you, that is really your inheritance. It is, it is the legacy that gets passed on, the values that I learned from my parents and grandparents and, and mentors that I want to pass to you, that your greatest achievement is to bring into this world, to thrive this world and spread the message of good people. You want to raise good people. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, you know, whatever you do in this life, just raise a good person. So today, you know, we're talking on our show about gratitude and the holidays and Thanksgiving and uh, – what are your memories growing up of Thanksgiving? 
Yeah. I, well, I think back, I mean, I think sometimes when you think about your childhood and going through Thanksgiving and the holidays, it seemed more simple. You know, you're just very joyful and happy and looking forward to getting away from school, you know, seeing a lot of family, um, eating good food. With Thanksgiving in particular, I always loved Thanksgiving because of the food. Um, and we ha- always would make some interesting things. You know, we would make this sort of traditional turkey, but then we'd also have some spins on it. There's a, a rice stuffing that I know you would make, which is a little bit of a, a you know, a, a mix yeah. of, of something yeah. different and also sometimes some lumpia, which is some, you know, old uh-huh. Filipino food. And so I look forward to that. And, and I, in Virginia, when we grew up there, it was always getting colder. So that I remember that and, and thinking about, okay, now it's time for the winter. It's funny being out here in Arizona. <laughs> we, we finally earned our, our nice winter coming up, which is what uh, my kids now know is different, right? Than what I was experiencing as a kid. They get to see Thanksgiving in a little bit of a different way, but I hope to still give them some of those same things, their family nearby, being able to see that, having good food and enjoying some time away from school and hanging out with family is always the biggest part. Now, as you know, as a father, as a husband, your, your household, your home, you start new traditions for your Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm blessed to be able to spend Thanksgiving again this year since John passed. I was there last year with you. And then this year I, I plan to be there as well. What new traditions have you decided to set up or you and Aaron have decided for your family? Yeah, I think right now we're we're starting with some foundational stuff because our kids and just for the listeners, are, we have three kids. Oldest is six, youngest is two. So we're busy time at the house, six, four and two. And so right now, because they're so young, we're just doing some simple things like just home for the holidays is a big one. Like we want them when they wake up in the morning on that holiday, they come downstairs, whether it be Thanksgiving or Christmas, and they know they've got a loving family and some exciting things that day um, to look forward to. And I think as we get from there, what's been neat is we've been able to take what we've liked from other you know, traditions that we've seen from our family. Um, outside of that, I know one that we'll incorporate in some way is one that that John used to do with the the potato. Oh yeah, uh, we can talk oh, about that one in a little bit too, if cool, you like. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, just, we, I think that's the neat thing right now. We're kind of soaking up what do, what is the best of the best that we liked and put some spins on it ourselves. It really touches me because uh, the potato tradition that my late husband John brought to our family was a story he tells because. He, he grew up in a family in Canada, in Calgary. He was born in Calgary. And a story that he heard about from his older sister, Jan, whose birthday is this month, had to deal with his grandparents because he didn't really know a lot about that story. And they had struggled uh, with that. But I'm going to pause right now because my guys are telling me we've got a break. Come back on house calls in a few minutes after the break. I'm going to share the potato story because it is there's a tradition about family, about gratitude, and about prayer. So... Stay tuned on House Calls. Come back with Dr. Connie and Andrew Stevens on our show about gratitude. Stay tuned. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought... Which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, Visit applyeveryday.com. The White House doctor makes house calls. 
Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back for our November show in which we give thanks for Thanksgiving and the people in our lives and traditions. One of the things I was sharing with my special guest, Andrew Stevens, here in my studio, was a tradition that my late husband and John have celebrated for the last well, the 11 years we were together before he passed a couple of years ago. And it was a tradition that he brought to our marriage in which it's a story about his paternal grandparents. And in this story, was his paternal grandparents were very poor in Canada. And his, his grandfather was a man of honor, and it was during the Depression, and he lost a lot of money and really had to move his family, who consisted of John's father and all his children, into a barn in Canada. And they were starving. They were starving. And literally, uh, his grandmother was a woman of great faith. She read the Bible every day. She actually went to Bible school in Indiana back in the 1900s, which is un- unusual. I mean, you know, it's like unusual to see. So it, it was, you know, getting ready for the holidays, and she was, a f- and they were starving. She couldn't feed. There was no food. And she said, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray. And she prayed and prayed. And that evening, there was a knock on the door, and Somebody handed them a sack of potatoes. And when John tells this part of the story, he literally cracks up. He, he, he weeps because just the fact that your prayer was answered, that generosity. So that, those potatoes meant so much. So we always have at our, at our Christmas, our Thanksgiving table, baked potatoes because that simple, that simple vegetable fed all those mouths. And and the guy, you know, the grandpa wanted to keep his word. He paid his debts. But because they couldn't afford it, it was the power of prayer. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's amazing, that story, because I think what it always inspires me with that one and, and with my kids is we don't we have no idea what that's like to have no food. You know, like they, if you think about it, right, we, we kind of joke at home where the kids are like, I'm hungry. I have no food to eat. I'm like, are you kidding me? Look in the fridge. Look in the pantry. We have so much you can put together. We have a gas station, a grocery store, walking distance, and you could drive if you want to. And I think that story, it, it shows you how powerful that resilience and the gratitude and prayer you're talking about where you have this family uh, on Thanksgiving day, literally have nothing and not sure where it's going to come from. And I, I think that's where you see people that are successful, especially here in America, but around the world, people that are successful and can pass on that work ethic comes from stories like that mm-hmm. where the, you have nothing and you build from you build from it you've hit yeah. ground you've hit rock bottom right. essentially and, and whether it's your fault or not you know and you literally from that point you realize wow i can survive yeah. and i think it's that that hunt mentality of mm-hmm. i'm not going to let this happen to my kids like right. i'm going to get out of this and i saw that in john and you could see that when he was emotional during those stories oh. because we were always sitting right at a very nice table <laughs> With six different kinds of potatoes, yeah, oh, and, yeah. And so, and so, it's amazing looking around at, and holding hands and and telling what we're grateful for for the year. And usually, the things we're grateful for are so much more extravagant than what he experienced with his family. I think that's why it's such a powerful story. And you count your blessings. Yeah, you had shared with me a little bit over lunch that Addison, Addie, mm-hmm. who's six, had asked, you know, about people who are poor, 
and how close. I mean, she didn't yeah. know anybody well, who well, was she, poor. Right? Yeah, you're exactly right. So, so Addison goes to a you know a private Christian school here in town, and and they're doing a really neat thing. They're collecting money from the families and and doing a, a fundraiser to try to help feed uh, folks in other countries that have no food. And I think it's called like a, a, the rice campaign, like mm-hmm. literally because they're able to provide rice um, for different countries. And we were talking about the kids like that in those countries that have nothing in those families. And I said, Addie, you know, you, you've met one of those kids before. And she looks at me with her eyes wide. She's my six-year-old, looks at my eyes wide. She's like, dad, really? Like where? Like when, when was that? And I pointed over to a picture we have in our kitchen mm-hmm. of Baba, who is your uh, dad, her great-grandfather, um, giving her a kiss when she's a little baby. baby. And I said, Baba, he, he's one of those kids. Like he grew up in a place where they had not no food to eat. You know, if they had rice, they were lucky, right? If they caught a frog, that was a really neat yeah. day because they could cook that frog, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where she thought, she, thought was, she thought it was really neat to hear that. But I think it's important to make those things real because it's easy just to collect money for this sort of nameless right. person in right. some other country. But when you say, no, no, like we actually are closer yeah. than you think to yeah. that and we can actually have a meaningful difference yeah. um, on it. And there's people in our own family that help bring us here um, that came from that too. It, oh, yeah. it makes it more powerful. My my father, Baba, yeah. uh, literally he, he came from poor family. Um, his father was a tailor who in the Philippines who would go to the island of Corregidor during the war and and sew uniforms for the soldiers on the island of Corregidor. You think of MacArthur. And back in the the 19, oh gosh, the 1920s, 30s, let's say 1930s, he had seven children, you know, Catholic family, and they were poor. They lived in a Nipa bamboo hut in this small village. And my father was the second oldest, and my dad was probably about 11. And so it was probably the mid-30s, 40s. And his mother died uh, in that hut, this bamboo hut, giving birth to her, her eighth baby. And in those days, you know, there was no delirium. We gave birth in the in the jungle, you're right, in a in a bamboo hut, and she bled to death. I mean, there was a midwife there. You know, they don't expose the woman. She's just covered with a sheet. The baby was born. The midwife delivered a stillborn little boy, and then pretty soon, my paternal grandmother. Uh, started uh, breathing heavily because she was exsanguinating. She was she had probably placenta previa, which I actually had with you. I had bed rest and I had placenta previa. So, but she she bled to death, and you couldn't have saved her. And then four days later, my grandfather returns on a horse-drawn carriage to the village because he had taken a boat across. Now, how did he hear? I don't know. I, I think his return was time because they had no way to communicate. There's no tele- there was no phone, nothing. He came back in the house. The little hut was draped in black. All his children were in black. The casket of his wife and the baby were in the living room because they, they, they have this vigil with the body until it is buried. And so they buried her. And all, and here are these kids, they had sandals. They were barefoot. They're dirt poor. And all the townspeople wept for them because they said, this family was poor. They're even more poor now because they don't have her. And so they partitioned the kids. He was sent off to the village to be with his maternal grandparents. So they went off. They divvied them up. And then my grandfather went back to Corregidor, and he came back a month later, and he had a woman with him. And, they, and somebody thought, how sadly that was his maid. He said, no, I, found, I, I married her. I needed to bring a mother for my children. That was the grandmother I knew, um, and because I never knew the, the, the first one. And so he did marry her, and he brought seven more children. <laughs> so the first seven helped the seventh set, and that's a whole different story. But it goes back to the question that Addie asked. I don't know anybody like that. Yes, you do. It's in your DNA. My father, who was dirt poor when he joined the Navy, he did all this. And in the Philippines, you send money home to your parents. You're always obligated. So you send money home. But the fact that you think of the endurance, and I remember you know, he moved to the United States, U.S. Navy, did his 30-some years. We lived in San Diego, California. He died uh, three years ago, and he had, and I shared that on the show about how people save money, had over a million dollars in assets. And it was land. It was real estate, good old real estate. California back in those days. San Diego. <laughs> where he oh, he never used a credit card. They pay everything in, cra- in cash. Uh, my siblings and I got scholarships. We, we He didn't have to pay for us to go through school. We sent money home, all this. But he... 
He did 30 years in the Navy, so many years in the post office, collected Social Security. He was very frugal. They never used a credit card. Well, and, they paid and, cash. And as you guys were growing up, though, talk a little bit about that, because I know the house you grew up in was, was you know, like it's it's not very big. And, when he bought that house yeah. in Imperial Beach, it was $27,000 in 1970. $27,000 $27, That's yeah. yeah. That's And so he didn't know how he'd pay it, the mortgage. He didn't know, because that was a lot of money. And he was active duty Navy, even though he's a master chief, but he paid it over time. And then when you guys were born, he bought another house. He always paid him off cash and and he rented that out. And then at the time of his death, you know, my siblings and I, my, my brother kept the main house. And then the other house, they all accumulated in value, took care of them. And so, you know, we benefited, but, you know, he would have been astounded had he known he was a millionaire. Um, he yeah. would have because he, he he worked very hard, and it's that mentality of I am not a victim, I am blessed. And he he was a man of faith. He prayed the oaths, you know, incredible gratitude for this country that they didn't believe in victimhood. They believe in you know suck it up, make it happen, you know, and for which you are grateful. And it's it's the nobility of working, working, you yeah. know, and, you know, and I, and I think he he really embodied that as I think about even what you do, Dr. Connie, and what he did is that part of that gratitude in action, I think, is service mm-hmm. where you're, you know, you're humble enough to say, yeah, I, I got I have help, but I'm also able bodied and empowered enough and I'm skilled enough to give whatever I can to help someone else, whether it be in healthcare and medicine and your knowledge and your experience um, or as simple as, you know, being a postman or being someone who can um, just take take care of people. I remember, especially as a grandparent, sometimes you don't know the things you can do for your, you know, grandkids, but what, what he did, your your dad, was he'd, you know, cook us a breakfast every time we come out, right? He'd get up early and make us an omelets and, and all that stuff. And he had a lot of, he enjoyed, you know, doing that kind of service. Mm-hmm. Simple, but it goes a long way and it just was something that he, you know, probably could do. He said, I used to do this for the admirals, I'm <laughs> going to do it for my grandsons. And it's those gifts that you give that that make you who you are. And, you know, we look at how grateful we are. And it what struck me about poverty, that not only my father poor, but I remember doing a trip with President Clinton. We went to the Philippines on a state visit uh, when he was in office. And what really struck me, we were driving through a very poor p- part of Manila. And here we are in this 18-car motorcade. And I'm in this spare limousine, which we call the decoy. It's armored limo. It's got the presidential seal. And the president's limo is behind me. So I'm in this limo, and it's got drive, you know, the driver's secret service. You've got the lead agent in the right front seat. And in the jump seat in front of me are these agents with Uzis because they're protecting the motorcade. And then beside me is the president's personal aide. We call him the butt boy. He's like, but, 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 Mr. President, he's the one the president yells at, but he's beside me. So I'm looking out through the, the um, armored um, window, you know, and it's big glass. It's a bulletproof window. These children who come up to the the limousine, these little kids, they're barefoot, they're tattered clothes, they're Filipino, we're the same blood, they're touching the glass of the limo. And it dawns on me, oh my God, if not by the grace of God, I'm on this side of the glass. I could have easily been born on the other side. So then you say, why was that? Why was I born in this position? Why was I brought here? Then you ask the bigger question, what am I meant to do? Dear God, what am I meant to do? You know, and I look at it with the, at the difficulties I've had losing my beloved John, who's taken care of me in so many ways. And you ask, dear Lord, what do you want me to do? What is next for me? What is the next plan in my life? And it, the question I ask my patients, and we'll go back to the theme shortly. When I ask my patients who are multimillionaires and several billionaires, you know, I used to ask them what would make life better, and they would say, "I'd get another jet, I'd buy, a, or a, you know, I'd buy this yacht." What a qu- I ask them now are two questions. I ask them, if you won the Powerball tomorrow, which let's say is eight hundred million, let's say you win four hundred million, you get a check for four hundred million dollars. What would you do tomorrow? And then I link it to another question that gives them pause. And the other question is, if we were here having your physical, and I found terminal cancer and there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. And so it gives you three to six months to live. What would you do? And they pause and it, it takes their breath away. Because that really makes you look at what's important now. You look at the $400 million question, and then you look at, 
all right, you've got three to six months. You know, we all die, 100%, given. All my patients die, no matter how rich. Nobody is immune. No one's bulletproof. What are you going to do? So what do you got? So that's the question. And so I'm going to pause as the audience thinks about those two questions, and we'll come back and talk about Thanksgiving and further interview my son, Andrew Stevens. So stay tuned on House Call. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, Visit applyeveryday.com. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Thanks for coming back to the last portion of Dr. Connie's House Calls, talking about Thanksgiving, getting ready for the holidays, and just being grateful for family, friends, and for you, my listeners. So I'm with my oldest son, Andrew Stevens, here in studio, who I've known all his life. And we're talking about our heritage, our family, my Filipino roots, memories of uh, my beloved John, of my beloved dad, and and just the people in our lives whose spirits are still with us over the holidays because you reflect and you reminisce and you look at your history. But part of it's just being grateful, especially after a difficult time of the pandemic, of social unrest, of political stress, all those, of just being grateful. You know, Andrew, you, you went through the pandemic with your family, and I would visit you periodically, and I'd wait from a distance. How did you guys get through the pandemic? What got you through? You know, I feel very fortunate to say I, I feel like it didn't – impact us as negatively as I know many others uh, have felt it. I, I think with us, we were very fortunate. I think from one, just a just a, a health and um, age. And like we, we weren't in the demographic that I think was most at risk of if you were to get COVID and what would happen because of that. We were financially in a good spot, I think partially because we've been very prudent. We're Dave Ramsey followers. We've we've been good about saving and having emergency funds. Um, I was very fortunate to be in a job at McKesson at the time that I could work remotely. So it, it was actually the, the whole story with that is we were in Disneyland oh, yeah. in like March, 2020. <laughs> 
and it was like spring break and and we we've been gone for about a week and i had turned off my work phone i said i'm not going to look at my emails i'm just going to disconnect and just be with the family and do disneyland which was a great time you were there too and we're driving back from Disneyland and that's when I said okay let's let's turn on our our phones let's start looking at the emails and see it was like a Friday afternoon and all of a sudden I see all this just a, just a slew of emails from the past week I'm trying to get through them all and Aaron my, my wife um, is looking at Facebook and she's like you know what a lot of people seem to be going to the grocery store to pick up toilet paper like what's going on like it seems like this has really had an uptick and I look at my emails and the last email I see from my my work team was everybody's getting sent home don't come back at the office. And that's the last time I saw most of them was oh that gosh. because everyone yeah. just went home. And but, but fortunately, I had my computer at the home. I could plug in. I went to work on Monday by just logging in. And so I was able to keep life going that way. And we, we really didn't have too many big hiccups because of it, because of that. But I know we know people, though, that yeah. certainly struggled, people that have passed away and were, yeah. where thoughts and prayers are with their families. And, and we did what we could to just try to help people around us where we could. Did you ever wonder about, you know, I, I think of the toilet paper. And in your birthday last year, remember I gave you toilet paper <laughs> right. for your birthday? Mm-hmm. And, and I guess the way I can say on radio, because I like to keep clean, is when the feces is around, around to, about when the feces is about to hit the fan, people go for toilet paper. It's like you know, Literally. it's like oh my gosh! Okay. I, I mean, I, I have toilet paper from last year. And, you know, we might have to will that to the children, but it's like toilet paper. And for for a moment there, a couple of weeks ago, one of my patients says, "Oh." Costco is running out of toilet paper. I'm like, what? What the? Yo, it's, it's well, like, what's so it's funny? Like a panic it's line. crazy. And what's so funny too, actually, is that we actually do like Amazon subscribe and save, yeah, which yeah. is like a, the member, the subscription. And we actually have a subscription for toilet paper, it's which is, just goes content. to show how rich or you know the, this country could be. Amazon subscription for toilet paper, and it actually had stored up quite a bit because we have little kids, and they are most at the time most of them were in diapers, or mm-hmm. you know we didn't use as much toilet paper, but we had a lot accumulating. So we, we were good. We were giving away toilet paper to people. Good. And, yeah, You're very generous. <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's part of generosity, you know. Just you know, lend lend them a roll of toilet paper, right? But you know, you got it, and, and part of it's just being grateful that you got through the pandemic. You're all healthy. You have a job. You know, you're able to help other peoples. Um, are there blessings that you derive from the pandemic? What would you say are your blessings from that that time? Yeah, I think I remember at the time it felt almost like a new like New Year's Eve had had turned again. People were thinking about resolutions and things they want to do differently. And a lot of it that I recognized from my own family and others was just slowing things down a lot. Now that you couldn't really go anywhere, it's let's stay at home. Let's learen you know, what that looks like. Uh, it, funnily enough, funny enough, we, you know, we're doing more delivery food, right? And at the time, actually, uh, there's this place called Crumble Cookies nearby us and they had delivery cookies. And we're like, well, let's, let's support a local place. And so let's do cookies. And so we, we gained a little bit of weight that way, but it was, I think it was just, it was really that let's take it easy. Let's try to save money and, and be thankful and, and appreciative for what we have. And, and what with that, we actually, we planted a, a small garden in our backyard because part of, part of the time, I think there's a lot of this thought of, wow, what would happen if we were just stuck at home mm-hmm. for a long time? Mm-hmm. What would we do? And so we started thinking about making sure we could be self-sustainable. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that, that was really, and also what kinds of skills could you learn while you're just at home? Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people took advantage of that time. It is. It makes you pause on life, mm-hmm. and for me, the blessings were it allowed me to grieve fully because I wasn't distracted by traveling and going out with friends to dinner or shopping, and I, it forced me to cook at home. I hadn't turned on my stove after I moved into my new place, the end of October, and then the pandemic hit. I, I was, you know, traveling, doing speaking engagements, working, uh, going up to my office, and then my friends would come over and, you know, it's feed the hungry widow, which I wasn't hungry, but they would like feed her, distract her, and you're always distracted. And it really forced me to say, I need to be on my own. I need to be comfortable in my own skin and live by myself and feed myself and be self-sufficient. In the meantime, as you talk about supporting others, uh, the ones who did stay in business and the restaurants would do takeout, I would make sure I'd be generous and tip them mm-hmm. and thank them. You know, and when we talk about gratitude, every single human being of which you're in contact, make eye contact, connect. There's a reason you interact. Even the people bagging your groceries, people taking your money, you know, at the counter. I, I look at their names and I'd say, well, hi, so-and-so, how are you? And you look at them because you know what's going on in their mind and you, 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 that human being, that interaction, and just be grateful. And I think this has gotten such to be a harsh, mean time. People, you know, social media was supposed to bring us closer and instead it has 
divided us more and made us angrier. And I'm, even my patients, every single one of the patients I see in clinic, and I'm back to clinic now, just we spend the first 30 minutes of how angry and mean. There's what happened to kindness? What, and what happened to gratitude? You know, be grateful you're here, you survive. Be grateful that you're not starving. And, and it's like what your children ask. You do really know what it's like to starve, not have anything to eat. You know, I, I used to joke with some of my friends, you know, your idea of a bad day in Scottsdale is you had to wait in line at Starbucks or you had poor cell coverage. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's like, please, please, you don't know. Look at third world countries, the things they go through. Look, I mean, look across the border when people are struggling to do. Right. And, 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 and I think to that point, I think it's it's definitely I think it's a part of just being self-aware that you can be aware that you that you've you have money. I think you can be self-aware that you've been successful. Um, I remember John mentioning one time he looked around and said, "Well, I'm, I'm rich." I guess when he noticed his plane and things like that. But I, I think the, I think the key though is to not let that affect your behavior and how yeah. you treat people and yeah. how you value people. You yeah. know, I think that's what you're saying there with you. When you look at someone at the grocery store, is never feel that you're above anyone, mm-hmm. that we're all should be loved and you can do, and you can, in fact, your position can allow you to love more right. um, than yeah. others maybe and maybe that, that position. So I think that's a, an important part to remember. The way I look at of being, of having abundant abundance is that you were given it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Don't don't squander that. Number one, be grateful and thankful, but realize you have an obligation to, to use it wisely, you know? And I, I look at people who inherit large sums of money and decide, well, I'm done. I, you know, they don't want to work anymore. They don't want to set up a nonprofit. And you're like, what are you just going to be a professional consumer? I mean, really? I mean, you got to, every one of us, there are gifts. And somebody had once written that in each and every one of us, there is genius. And what brings out genius is adversity, right? You're going to struggle. You're going to hustle, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to bring out something within you, your superpower, whatever it's going to be, that contributes. And what covers up and masks genius is prosperity. So if you throw money at it and people don't want to try anymore, it's like, why bother, right? But yet they're never happy. I have people who, you know, you hear stories of people who win the lottery, and they, they squander it. They're, and they're never happy, right? Oh, it's going to pay for the drug addiction. It's going to pay for the alcohol addiction. It's going to pay for whatever schemes. But they're never happy. Why do you think that is? I think they lose sight of, number one, they, they think that, mon- that money can buy them joy. And it doesn't. It'll pay for your therapy, right? But money can't buy you the things that feed your soul. And I think that is the hole in the soul. Because you can get abundant wealth. You know, you hear all these stories and you, over and over again. And the stories has everything. And they're the loneliest people. I have patients who are billionaires and who are very lonely and very depressed. Because first, first of all, people want to use them. You don't know who your real friends are. Everybody wants a piece mm. of you. So they can't, you know, unless they're people you knew before you had your wealth, everybody wants, wants something. They're, they're using you. And you want to be around people that you can't buy. And so here are these people they buy. But then it's realized that when you pass, you forget the ultimate outcome. The ultimate outcome is, you know, perhaps as a billionaire, you're going to die in a really pretty setting and you're going to have people try to keep you going as long as possible. But in the end, it's what did you do in this life? And that goes back to faith-based. The Lord will ask you, so what have you done? What have you done? You know, or I made so many billion. Well, no, no, but... What have you really done? I mean, you were, you know, if you talk to Elon Musk, okay, so you're the world's richest man. So, so what have you done? Okay, right. so, so you lucked out. I, I gave that to you. It, it seems like a big part of it is what is the intention, right? It's, I think, I think it's amazing in that, especially in our economy, is that you can actually make a lot of money by doing a lot of good, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you are very good at giving a service or at helping people or connecting people or having information that makes people's lives better. Um, then you often, often are rewarded. And if yeah. you're generally a hard worker and you're a good person, think your tra- trajectory is upwards. But I think it, it's it's different when all of a sudden you switch why you're doing it, mm-hmm. right? In the beginning, when you're doing it because you care about your customers, mm-hmm. you care about your patients or whomever, that I think is when you, your heart really is in it. And you're like, hey, I'm doing this for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. People say that sometimes, doing it for the right reasons. And then it's when you shift and say, they're no longer, you know, people, their numbers, or their a quota, right? Or I'm, I'm going after the next dollar. I think that's when it kind of gets more sinister. The, you know, the irony is, if you go into business thinking, oh, we're just doing it 
for the money, you're not gonna you're not gonna make it. You're not mm-hmm. gonna be happy. But if you say I'm going into this business because I believe in the product, I believe in the service with all my heart, I believe it's gonna help people. That's when you make the money because it's it's the intention is heart driven. It's not money driven. Although there's nothing wrong with. I mean, hey, listen, I tell people I go into business. Not who goes into business to be broke. I mean, anybody you know how, who wants to form a company? Hey, guys, we're going to form a corporation and we're all going to get bankrupt. <laughs> Nobody's going to sign up for that. But if you say, listen, our purpose is to make the best product, to make the best service because our serve our customers. We're there to help people. We're here to make it a better well, place. And, and, and I want and, and that's the thing is as a consumer, I I want to reward you for that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I actually if you think about like who you would want to have control over money and things. It's like, wouldn't you want it to be to the people who've proven that they can do good with that money and mm-hmm. investing it and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I, I kind of see it that way. It's like, good, if you've been very successful because your heart was in the right place and you've been serving and doing good with your products or whatever, I'm going to reward you and say thank you by paying for your product. I hope that you turn that around and you do more of what you've been yeah. doing. You know, yeah. And that's a good thing. And if you yeah. get successful out of it, I think it's when people, you know, again, they stop doing that or they're investing in things things that aren't really helping anybody right. else or even maybe overabundance, I think people start to question what their motives are. Right. What you know? is really your intent? Where do you, mm-hmm. what, you know, what am I meant to do with these gifts? And that's the Thanksgiving that we're grateful. Right. We, we've struggled. We've given it. If you throw it in somebody's lap, what am I going to do with this, right? So you've got to bring out your creativity and struggle. There's nothing wrong with struggling. What's wrong with that? We've all struggled. But the fact that you're going to use your creativity to do some good and you look at what the pilgrims did. You know, they, they, the harvest, they sweat, they worked hard for it, and they gave thanks, and they shared it. So when you accumulate wealth, right, you go do what you want to do. Sure, it's going to give you some fun things, of stuff that you can't bring with you, but you can go be philanthropic. You can donate. You can have a foundation. You can help people who need help. Um, I would, if I ever become a billionaire, I'll have nonprofits that people don't know I'm contributing to, that you're anonymous, that you ha- you can send money to people who, who can benefit to use it for good, to raise them up. Not a handout, but a hand up. But, you know, as we, you know, we've got a few minutes left of our show. What is your... What are those three things for which you're grateful? We're going to end on, on oh, yeah. gratitude some more. So many Before things. we end, what are you um, grateful for? My, I'm so grateful for my family, I, I think, first and foremost. And I, I, you, obviously, mom, Dr. Connie, um, my wife, Erin, uh, my kiddos, Addie, Alex, and Aubrey. We're going to see my brother, Jason, and his uh, wife, uh, Auntie Aaliyah, come into to town today, right? I think yep, t- tonight. tonight. And so I'm so thankful for the family. I know that's more than three for them, but I think outside of that, thankful for my health. Um, I'm a big proponent of taking care of myself and not just the body, but sound mind as well, trying to take care of my mental health and rest when I can. Um, I think finally, thankful for just like our country, you know, and just opportunities that we have here. Amen. And yeah. we're going to end on that note to be grateful for the lives we have, our health, our faith, our family, our friends, and our country. So God bless you all and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.